good fight of the faith, which is a phrase in the Bible that uh, a guy named Paul, towards the end of his life, tells a younger guy, Timothy, he encourages him to keep fighting the good fight of the faith. And that phrase resonated with me because I thought faith was just a feeling you had or didn't have. How could you fight for it? What's the fight of faith, right? And that's been a really rich experience for me to explore. So I want to impart that to you guys too, just kind of share my notes. When I'm teaching, I'm usually describing something I've been learning through, and it's kind of just sharing my notes, but God has a funny way of kind of teaching us all together, right? So I'm going to start actually in the book of 1 Peter. If you have your Bibles with you and you want to turn there, if you have your phones, I'm going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 3. Um, so while you, while you guys are turning there, I'm just going to open us in prayer. Let's just pray for a moment. God, we, uh, we love you and thank you um, for this day. We thank you that we have breath in our lungs we exist today. We didn't try really hard to exist. We kind of just woke up one day, and wow, here we are again. Um, we recognize we're not entitled to that, and we thank you for, for who you are, that you would give us this life and even eternal life in knowing you as a free gift from your Son. Thank you for knowing, like, the relationship where we can know you and grow to know you more each day. We come here this morning asking that you would speak. Your word says there's only one teacher. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. And we pray that you would speak this morning. We invite you to come. We, want, we don't want to leave here the same. We want to know you more. We're, not, we're choosing not to be complacent. And we're choosing to open ourselves up and to say, God, uh, let me hear from you. God, we want to know you more and be more like you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So... I am going to get to the actual verse about fighting the good fight of the faith, but we're going to start in 1 Peter 1. It's going to just give us some groundwork, give us some context about what it means um, to fight the good fight of faith and why. And uh, stick with me if you guys aren't following a lot of my language. I'm using the ESV translation, and even if this is your first time at church, I'm hoping to give everybody something they can go home with and say, okay, I can take this step. I got that. So um, that's my goal, but let's go ahead and start. We're going to start in verse 3, 1 Peter 1. This is a letter from a guy named Peter to some believers he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's just excited. He's, I don't know if I write emails like this all the time, but he's saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope. So it's according to God's mercy that we're born again. Jesus has a famous saying. He says, you need to be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Everybody, you need to be born of water and of spirit, he says. Everybody's been born once. If you're a living human being in here, you've been born of water, but you need to be born again in spirit to enter the kingdom of God. He's celebrating. He said, according to God's great mercy, we've, he's caused us to be born again. So this isn't religion. Religion is, here's what you need to do to get to God, and hopefully you'll get there. Follow these practices, and you'll get there. Christianity is saying it's according to God's mercy. So whether you feel like you were not as bad as other people or you feel like you were the worst person on the planet, God's saying all of us have fallen short of where we were called to be, and it's according to his mercy that he would love us and give us that new life, um, the new spiritual life being born again. It's according to his mercy. It's a free gift. Um, so he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So you're born again. God, John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world, you guys can almost say it off with me, right? For God so loved the world that he would give his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Um, born again, so I always thought that verse, and, and a, lot of, a lot of our culture today, you can almost mistake Christianity for teaching. A, you, you pray a prayer and you get a heaven ticket that you put in your back pocket, 
okay? And, and it's just now you've got your ticket, you've said the prayer, and when you die, you'll, you'll get there. But otherwise, it's kind of the same, right? If you're born again to a living hope, that's something very different. It's through Jesus, it's a, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So because Jesus rose again from the grave, he now lives today, and we can walk with him like Adam and Eve did in the garden. That's the relationship. That was the problem at the beginning of the Bible that Jesus solved. We were originally created to walk with him in closeness like in the garden, and something separated us, and Jesus came to fix that, and we can walk with him again. So you see the difference between a heaven ticket in your back pocket and walking with God every day? It's a living hope. It's something very different. That John 3.16 verse, um, I learned something recently that really changed it for me. He says that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And again, I thought that was a heaven ticket. But actually in John 17, Jesus defines eternal life. Okay, so if he's defining eternal life, we should probably pay attention to what he's saying. He says, and this is eternal life, to know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. So all of a sudden, we're not just believing in him that we would not perish but have a heaven ticket. We're believing in him that we would not perish but know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. That's what Jesus defines as eternal life. That's why Jesus died. We can know him again, live with him every day, walk with him like in the garden. Crazy, right? Is that different? Am I like, you guys were taught something different, or I was anyway, right? You kind of feel, anyway, blows my mind. Jim told me to slow down when I'm talking. I'm going to try and do that. If you, yeah, just, just go like this. If I'm, I get excited, I get motoring, just feel free to, whoa, okay? Like a horse is, you know. Um, all right. So we're born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's alive. We can relate to him. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Whoa. We're born again to not just a living hope, but an inheritance that cannot be touched by anybody else and that's kept in heaven for you. Whoa. That's worth dwelling on. That's something we can fix our eyes on. That's the answer to is what, what happens after death, what happens after all of this. There is an inheritance kept for you that no one else can touch. That's what's received in the gift of Christ. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So we're being guarded by God's power, but it's through our faith. God wants to defend you, but you've got to kind of allow him. That's what through faith means. You keep believing him. You keep following him, and that'll, he'll protect you. He wants to, but you keep by faith believing, following, and you're protected. In this you rejoice. So he's talking to believers here. They rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Testing your faith is going to produce more glory, praise, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming back. And our faith remaining steadfast through actual trials, it's, it's like a testing and it's proving, it's giving him more glory because we're, we're, this isn't just a conditional, uh, it's a 30-day money-back guarantee Christianity. You know, you're just in it for whatever you can gain here on earth. It's, it's something that remains through trial. It's going to give him more glory at the revelation when he comes back. It's pretty cool, right? All right, check this out. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. 
So this verse 9 is really going to be the crux of where I'm going to get to my topic. He says, when they are rejoicing with joy that's inexpressible, they're so excited they can't even, it, 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 it's so joyful you can hardly express it. That's what he says they're obtaining the outcome of their faith, the salvation of their souls. So this takes some understanding about the word soul. The Hebrew understanding of soul and the Greek understanding of soul are very different. A lot of our culture has the baggage of the Greek understanding of the word soul, which is like something that leaves your body after you die. The Hebrew understanding of the word soul was actually it's your mind and your will and your emotions. It's the things that kind of animate your body. You know, so it's, it's very connected to your body, the way that your mind and your will and your emotions are. It's kind of all that you are, but it's not necessarily your spirit, okay? So that's why he's saying the salvation of their soul is rejoicing with joy that's inexpressible and filled with glory. Their, their soul, their mind and their will and their emotions are being saved. Are you guys catching that? When I used to hear the word salvation, all I would think of is eternal destination, you know, and I used to be so afraid of going to hell that I would only hear, okay, how to, tell me how to not to get to hell, right? And that's all I can hear. But he's actually talking about a different salvation here. It's, he's saying, because he's writing to people who are alive. This is a church, and he's writing a letter to them, right? And he's saying that as they rejoice with joy that's inexpressible and filled with glory, they are obtaining the outcome of their faith. So it's something that they are already obtaining here in this life. So it's not just their eternal destination, but it's something they're tasting here. And it's the outcome of their faith. You guys catching that? By continuing in faith, their mind and their will and their emotions are being saved. Isn't that interesting? That's a different way to read this verse for me anyway. It was kind of fun. Um, flip with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to hear something different that's actually describing the same process. I love how the Bible keeps repeating things and uses different language to help us understand it, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to start in... Verse 1. So try and find the similarities here. See if you can catch how they're repeating the same thing. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands that's eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this thing, is, this very thing is God, who's given us the Spirit as a guarantee. A house made with, not with hands, but that's eternal in the heavens, sounds a lot like an inheritance that is imperishable, unfading, and undefiled, doesn't it? It's, it's what's kept in heaven for you. And it's actually... I'm going to start to talk about our identity in Christ because that house is not just a, a location, but it's actually our new identity in Christ. I told you about being born again of the Spirit, and that's, what's, that's who we are in Christ, and that's who we are in Spirit, okay? So we groan, we're being burdened here in our tent that we would be further clothed, that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. So who you are connected to Christ eternally becomes more manifest here, you start to look more like Jesus here. You're putting on who you are in Christ in, in here, in your soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions start to come into conformity with who you are in Christ. That's a little bit of, like, I'm going to keep reiterating this because it's a little bit hard to understand, but what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Isn't that an interesting phrase? 
It's the temporary, what's mortal here, just our, just our, our, our bodies or who we are outside of Christ when you're not born again. That's mortal, and, and real life is kind of that bigger picture. If eternity's real, that's, that's life, that's the bigger picture. And our souls, our minds, our will, and our emotions are getting further clothed. What is mortal is being swallowed up by life. You start to put on more of who you are in Christ. Let's go to the end of chapter 5 in 2 Corinthians. I'm going to nail this identity thing down really pretty, pretty strongly. Um, let's go to verse 17 in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you see that it's past tense? If anybody's in Christ, he's a new creation. You, you are a new creation if you are in Christ. That's, that's your spiritual identity. It's who you are eternally because you're in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Okay? This is a very different mindset for me. R Romans chapter 6 says, it tells us how to think of ourselves, okay, on this, on this identity issue. There's a verse in Romans 6 that says, Regard just, therefore, Regard yourself as dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So, the mortal part of you, the part of you that, that is being redeemed as you learn. Romans 12 says that we're transformed in the renewing of our mind. As we learn to know God more, as we, are, as we follow Him and He teaches us, we start to know Him more, and in that understanding, who we are in Christ kind of breaks through. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So, but it's teaching us not to identify with our failures or our struggles. He's saying you're a new creation. The old has passed away. Think of yourself as dead to sin. It's, it's a dead force now. Through Christ, the power that sin had over us is now dead. You're still shedding your skin. You're still being transformed. And, and who you are in Christ is coming through more and more each day as you grow and as you learn. But that, that old skin, you're, you're just shedding it. It's a dead thing. But it's still what's seen here. Here's another analogy. The Bible repeats this a lot. In John 15, Jesus says that he is the true vine, and we're like branches that are grafted into him. This is a very helpful analogy for me because you're like a branch that's grafted in, and I, I, I almost picture the vine kind of growing a new branch underneath that one that you were, and it starts to break away the old bark. So who you were is dead, and it's being taken away as the new life of who you are in Christ grows in you. Are you guys catching what I'm laying down here? There's some, there's some confused looks, some nods, just a little bit. This is really important to understand. For you to fight the good fight of faith, it actually starts with identity. The hope that you have comes through the finished work of the cross. It's who you've been made because Jesus has rendered sin dead. If you're unsure of that and you start to identify with the sin in your life or you're not sure about who you are because of your struggles, maybe you have thoughts in your mind or desires in your heart, you're like, listen, I don't know who a new creation is, but it's not me because like, you don't know what goes on in my brain or you don't know what goes on in my week. He's saying, just because you have the capacity to still do those things doesn't mean that you're not made new in Christ and you can still grow up and let those old things pass away. If you, if you start to own those things as your identity, you're just putting a ceiling on your life because you've, you've stopped believing who you are in Christ. You've stopped believing that you're a new creation, right? Does this make sense? So therefore, think of yourself as dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Even if you've, had a, like, even if you've been 
there's things that have been convicting you all week and you, and, you're, and you have a hard time with that, I encourage you, don't stop listening to the Father who said, I've paid for it on the cross. Jesus said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Would he tell us to take heart if we couldn't? Right? There's a hope for us because he overcame that power. That thing that, that you're worried, that you, like all the shame that you're fighting, who you were before you knew God, he has overcome. And he says, you can take heart. Why would he tell his disciples not to worry? Don't let your hearts be troubled nor be afraid if we couldn't. You have peace with God because you're a new creation in Christ. Everything else is paid. And he's just saying, think of yourself as, focus on me. Think of yourself as that new creation alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is really important to think about. It has a lot to do with, with the manifestation of, of God in your life day to day, deciding who you are. For me, it looks a lot, like I said, just, there's, there's, I used to fight shame all the time. I would be worried about thoughts flying through my head or desires that would come up in my heart, and I'd start to own them, and i think, oh, God, forgive me, I'm still, and it's just like this never-ending identity crisis, right? You're fighting it, but God's saying, that's not you, and those powers are dead. Believe who I've said you are. You are my beloved son. You're a child of God. Identity is very important. All right, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're doing pretty good here. This is where Paul tells Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. He says, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good, fighting, what does fighting the good fight of the faith look like? What is it that we need to take home and understand? This is a fight that I'm called to. This is how I need to persevere. This is the faith that I need to carry forward in my life. I love that in the very next phrase, he says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. It's something there for him, and he's saying, don't forget that through Christ, the newness of life, who you are in Christ, is there for you to take. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. It's there for you. Everything else is paid for in Jesus. When we get confused about that, when we're not sure if God loves us enough to want to grow us, or we think to myself, I'm always going to struggle with this addiction, or I'm never going to be good enough, we're missing what Christ paid for. At the very end of 2 Corinthians 5, it says that he who knew no sin became our sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. I described to you earlier, John 3.16, the eternal life that Jesus died for was that we would know him. It's so that we can become like him. We were meant to be image bearers of God. We're made in his image and he wants to fill us with his life. And in Jesus, you have the freedom to do that. You're free to take hold of what God has set before you. Fighting the good fight of faith is continuing to make sure that that's in front of you so that you're not discouraged in your week because you now have a battle that you're not sure if you have a hope in. And if you're not sure if you can do it, I honestly think that's a really good thing because God wants to teach you that it's through his power that you can overcome. It's, in Christ, we're more than conquerors. It's through his power and in your closeness, in that knowing of him, that you can over, you've overcome this life. I'm getting excited. I'm going to try and slow down. 1 John 5 says that we overcome this life by our faith in the Son of God. What challenge, what limitation, what have you believed about yourself as a label that you could not overcome? 
by believing that Christ has given you that in him. And he's saying, come, I'm going to walk you into the, the person you are already in me. Believe who I say you am, and let's, let's show the world that. I'm going to take you back to 2 Corinthians 5. It's a great chapter. Let's go back there. I want, to, I want to actually get around that verse that I was just referencing. This is really important. So let's go back to where I was. I was in verse 17. Let's recap. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So we now have the ministry of reconciling. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. You're a new creation, and you're kind of an ambassador to this world. It's like, yo, there's more to this life. <laughs> it's free in Christ. Like, you're carrying that message, and it's like, yo, there's hope, you know? You're the ambassador. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. This is important. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. How is it that you're going to become a better ambassador? How are you going to carry out this ministry of reconciliation? He's saying, we implore you, be reconciled to God. It's allow God to love you and show you who you are in him, how much you are worth to him, and allow who you are to come into conformity with who you already are in Christ. Be reconciled. This isn't a job that you have to fight to do on your own. He's going to show you through his power and grace and life with you every day, walking with you, who you are. And it's by just being reconciled to him, you're going to be a light to the world. You're going to show people that there is something different out there. This isn't just another religion. God lives in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you and I. You're going to show them that by, a lot, by continuing on that journey. You guys may know this famous quote from Jesus. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for, I am, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that he says, so a yoke, I didn't know this, but a yoke is like a, it's like a thing that an ox, is. It, there's two oxen, it's like this wooden little bracket thing, and there's two oxen plowing a field together. So you're taking a yoke upon him, upon yourself, take Jesus' yoke upon you, but it's for two oxen, like you're with Jesus, like you're yoked with Jesus, so you're plowing, but you got Jesus with you every day. And he says, and learn from me. I love that. That's an integral part of this. God's not just giving you rest to, so that you can take a nap. We're here as ambassadors for Christ. We're here to bear the light of the world and to manifest Jesus, to call other people to be like, yo, <laughs> he's real. You're loved. We've got to learn from him each day. Remember when I said you're transformed in the renewing of your mind. Um, it's such a beautiful prayer to actually just come to God and ask for wisdom. It's such an amazing prayer. He, in James 1, he says, he gives wisdom generously to all without reproach. If you come to him and you ask, he'll give you that. I'm going to slow down, and this is the part where I, I, even if this is like your first time hearing about Jesus, this is what I wanted you to take home. And I'm going to give us a few examples about how to pray, what it means to, to fight the good fight of faith, and how do we actually pray about some real stuff in our week, all right? But if you don't hear anything else, I want you to know some promises just one or maybe two verses that you can take home. God says that if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. That's a promise in the Bible. So now if you're living by faith and you feel like you have no hope and you can't approach God because you're so ashamed of something you've done, 
He says, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. He actually wants to pay for your shame and to free you from it. Jesus promises that whoever would seek will find. So if you don't know anything else, if, you're, if you, feel you, don't, you can't quote enough Bible verses or something, you don't feel good enough, I just want you to know that God has promised that if you seek, you will find. What does it look like to live by faith in this case, all right? You feel like you have no hope, you have, like, like the guy at the front doesn't know what I've done, I'm no, I'm, this can't be for me, that's how you're feeling? God has said, if you seek, you will find. So when you're tempted to just continue on without that hope, that one step can just be a tiny step of seeking him. Because God, you've said that if I seek, I will find. Steps of faith can seem so small, but they are very big. Sometimes praying your first prayer like, God, are you real? That's a step of faith. You're now talking to somebody. If you didn't believe that there was somebody out there to hear you, or you're exploring that, that's, I mean, that, that's, there's no faith involved there. But even if it's as simple as, God, do you really love me like that? Are you really there for me? Am I really that clean? Have you really paid for all of my sin? Little, tiny steps of prayer. I encourage you to take that step and to continue on each week and to learn from him. He wants to have a presence in your life where you walk together each day. And I'm telling you that for every Christian in this room that's been like me where you've struggled with shame because of stuff in your week, Jesus has paid for it. And we have a, a, a free green light to walk with him and through the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in this life to become all that God has meant for us to become. We can just walk and learn each day. You've got a green light. Don't let your circumstances and your feelings eat your lunch. Don't let them sell you short of who you were meant to be and like what you can learn, what could change today. Believe that you can become, you know, believe that you're that loved. Get to know our Father. So are you guys catching this? I'm, 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 I think I'm talking fast again. Is, this, is, this, is anybody getting something out of this? You guys are quiet out there. Okay, give me some nod. All right, good. Yeah, thank you. Nice. Good. I needed that encouragement. Um, see, if I was living by faith, I wouldn't care if you got it or not. I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God, I know you said to say this, so no matter what, I'm just going to say it. You know? <laughs> anyway, that's not the case. But um, Listen, I want, I, I want to pray about just some really common things, and I want to speak a promise to God and, and and, and latch on to these things. Listen to the recording or, or, or ask somebody about where this is in the Bible. It, it's hard to rapid fire quote all these verses and the references. But if God really said this, could you hold on to it in your week? All right, so I'm actually, I'm just going to, let's just, let's just dunk into a time of prayer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demonstrate how you can pray fighting that good fight of faith, all right? Let's just pray together. And, I, and just let the Lord bless you. Just open your heart to approach him on a kind of a one-on-one, and I'll leave a little bit of silence too if you want to talk to him. God, when we feel fear in our week, and you say in 1 John that your perfect love casts out fear, would you give us the reminders in us to approach you and say, God, this is how I'm feeling. I'm going to be honest with you but I'm really afraid and, I'm, and I'm, I need to know what you mean by that, that your perfect love can cast out fear. I'm gonna continue believing and pursuing and seeking you because you've promised that, that your perfect love will cast out all of my fear. And you don't want us to be afraid, but to understand. So God, in these moments in our week when we feel alone and you've promised that you'll never leave or forsake us, give us that reminder and teach us to pray, not not wondering where, where, what we've done wrong or who we must be, why I must be not as good as everybody else that seems to get it, but let us pray a, th- a prayer of thanks 
God, thank you that you've said you'll never leave or forsake us. Thank you that you've said that your perfect love will cast out fear. Let us thank you for your promises, even if we don't feel like it's there. Let us thank you and and live by faith in your word above our circumstances and to believe in who you say we are. Let your people walk free from guilt and from shame and from condemnation because they belong to you. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus and we have been bought with a price, a very high price. Let us remember how much you paid for us and speak to the truth of all of our insecurities and fears. And let us teach us to walk free from guilt and from shame, believing what you say. Let us learn. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I, I hate pulling you guys out of that zone. I just, I want to sit there for an hour. But there's one more thing I had to get in just in, ter- in terms of time limits. Aaron said some really important stuff at the beginning of the service that we're, we're coming here to be real. And sometimes you can mistake what I'm saying for a denial of how, of, of how you're feeling or something. I just wanted to clarify, we're not talking about Botox Christianity, all right? It's not, it's, it's, it's not faking a smile. But you come to God and you be honest. God, I am feeling this way, but I know you've said there's something more for me to connect to here. I know that you have something to speak into my situation and I'm not giving up until I see that. You, you, you believe what he says. You be honest about you, how you feel, but you believe what he says and you keep pushing. Because the outcome of your faith, here it is, is the salvation of your mind and your will and your emotions. Through that, the outcome of that is rejoicing with joy that is inexpressible. If you continue in faith, that will come into your mind and your will and your emotions. That's the outcome. You can do it, but it's by faith you'll overcome. Believe in what he says and find who you are here rather than in your circumstances and how you feel about yourself and what so-and-so thinks about you. Imagine being free from all that. Find it in what Jesus says about you because you're born again and you're a new creation. And persevere in faith because he says the outcome of your faith is that manifesting here. And allowing him to do that is how he says we are to carry out our ministry as ambassadors of Christ. Allowing him to manifest who we are in Christ will call others home because you're just shining. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I guess that's it. Uh, (laughs) Supposed to segue...